0: Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass! You don't got, you're your are playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No, fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody.
1: Hey, Tosi, are you still there?
0: I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. Well, rich baby. I would like to introduce.
1: Welcome to the MA4 Money Show, episode 29. Yes, you are all in quarantine. We are all in quarantine. We are all one in quarantine i am at MA state of mind bob boss your favorite garbage man wishing i was certain customers least favorite garbage man which is how close they're getting to me but i'll get to that a little bit later uh, i'm here with my
0: co-host at don't cope just win mike copenhaver mike how are you doing i'm doing pretty good despite the circumstances man just happy to be home growing all kinds of green stuff and just happy to be with my little boy and watching him grow Absolutely. Family is what it is
1: all about. Not to get too sappy, but I would hope at least everybody that you got someone close to you or someone living with you that's family. Maybe take uh, the positive side of this quarantine and get that good one-on-one time with them that you would not normally get. Well, this is another show that's a little bit different like typical shows after all this quarantine shows this might just be our new normal who knows but uh we are going to give an update on UFC 249 there's been some updates in that category it seems to be the only MMA news of the day at least fight card wise there's a few other news and notes that we can bring up we will do it at that time we're gonna do our little COVID corner As long as that lasts, as long as we're in it. Survival tips from the man Mike, Mike Survival Tips. And then we talked about it last week. We are going to take a deep dive into the Ultimate Fighter 6 finale. Yes, a random card, you may ask. Why are we picking this card, you may ask. Well, on this card, Mike's brother both competed and won and has some nice inside behind-the-fence type look that you wouldn't get anywhere else. He's going to provide that here, as well as breaking down all those fights, and you'll get to be there for a discussion on what we're going to do next week, and maybe you'll be even be involved. So, quickly, uh, before I go into the little segments we got going here, just a brief update on UFC 249. Last time we spoke, we were going back and forth on where we thought 249 was going to be. We thought it was for sure going to be Khabib versus Tony. Wrong. We, assume- we were wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. Well, it made sense, and if you listen to Khabib- Khabib's side, well, for those of you who don't know, Khabib uh, put a Instagram post up at about 5 a.m. yesterday morning. Uh, he was in Russia. He originally had traveled to uh, Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, which we had brought up because uh, the UFC told him that 100% the fight was going to take place overseas, a 99% chance it's going to take place there, so he went there. Well, and then they were about to have a lockdown, he wouldn't be able to leave, so he went home to Russia. And so, still thinking, okay, it's just going to be out of the country, I guess it's not going to be there, maybe it'll be in Russia, maybe it'll be someplace else. And then, Russia got put on lockdown, and he can't get out of there. So, he had reached, gotten some news from the UFC that they were looking to move on... With promoting the card with or without him, uh, which would mean finding an opponent for Tony Ferguson. Uh, There seems to be a contract out there for one Justin Gagey to have that fight. I do not know where it would be. I do not know if there would be a title involved. I hope not, because at some point, given Tony another interim, I don't think he'd be down for that. Usman says he's willing to fight Masvidal on that card. Woodley's saying he'll fight anybody on that card. Uh, it's just garbage. Oh, absolutely. Conor McGregor's coach is saying he might hop in and fight Tony <laughs> or whoever just to get a little bit of that. Diego uh, Sanchez's chasing. coach said he'd fight too. Oh my goodness! I just so, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would bet he does. He, he's going <laughs> to warn everybody that he might kill. Dude, that Tony guy is the, the biggest
0: fruit freak show weirdo g- ever, dude. Him and uh, Diego got some weird little butt buddy thing going on. I mean, I don't know if people are talking about this enough, but. Diego Sanchez's coach is super super duper weird man. I mean, I don't know what he's got, but he's definitely got the spell over Diego's little butt.
1: Well, and I would I want to have some friends of Diego ask him if uh, his coach has asked him to like sign over some of his net worth or put him in his will or just like that odd stuff like that that could end really badly. Actually, speaking Seriously. of bad things, before I get your uh, word on 249, the uh, the bit of breaking news that did happen over the last few days Going along with the Albuquerque situations, John Jones got pulled over again, was going to get a DWI again, couldn't (laughs) walk the line after doing so many inspirational Instagram posts about being safe and staying in. He decided to drive out Albuquerque at 4 a.m. He was even going to get an aggravated DWI for how high he blew over the limit, uh, was failing miserably. At the field sobriety tests, and actually the news just came out. Uh, I don't know, I just read it, but he's gonna get like four day house arrest. Which I mean, we're all quarantined, wow, so that's, that's nothing. That's it. So he's yeah, he's he's not gonna go in jail. He has to go to a some type of
0: that's crazy rehab
1: type situation. And that was my brother. Like
0: he'd, he'd be in jail for a lot longer.
1: Yeah, oh, well, that's why. It's like if, if that wasn't John Jones, it's like this is his. For a fifth vehicle-related issue, in less amount of years, typically if you get two in a year, you could be in substantial trouble. Like it's a I've, shame, I've, man.
0: I've, it's, it seems like he doesn't have any to be friends or anyone to hang out with either, because he's he's like alone and talking to bums and stuff. Well, honestly, it might just be that he's finally distanced himself with like the worst
1: of the worst. So when he gets these weird impulses of hey, I want to party at like three or four in the morning. Well, if it's he's that gone by four a.m., he probably started at midnight or one. All of his buddies are just like, No, dude, it's we're in a quarantine and it's 3 a.m. I don't want to drink right now, calm down. Yeah, so who who, who knows on that front? Does so he got, have
0: kids to take care of it, dude?
1: He has the three kids. He has like, it's if like, I remember right, he has, he has three sure. girls and his longtime girlfriend who he proposed to coming on probably two years ago. I don't think they're they're married yet, but that's that's the mother of all of his kids. They started dating in college, so he's been with yeah, her for 10 or 12 years.
0: I don't get it. He should be taking care of his damn kids, dude. I mean, I want to go run amok and act a fool and be an absolute just reckless madman like my brother was, but you can't do that stupid shit, you know? You have to take care of your family and be an adult. Be professional.
1: Oh, absolutely. Actually, no. we'll come back to John Jones. We we're, were jumping around a little bit, but like I, I, we hadn't decided it to talk on matter. that part yet, but uh, I want to get your take on 249. Uh, as it stands now, obviously very volatile. I know last week it was all about... We did think it was going to happen, and just more question of where. Um, I still think it has a chance to happen. Guess not what you think would be going to be happen, but if you couldn't have Khabib in that matchup, who would you rather see Tony face? Like Even like Ball in the uh, Park, like eye, eye in the uh, Sky thing. Like, would you rather see him fight Conor? Would you rather see him fight Justin Gagey? Would you rather see him fight, I don't know, uh, you, you pick. What sounds good
0: mean, to uh, you? It's I I I can't believe we're having to talk about this, dude. It's just how many times has this been where we, our hearts been broken? It's like I, I don't know if we're ever gonna see this fight actually go down, dude. It's it, I can't believe the stupid virus is literally what stopped us again from Khabib versus Tony Ferguson. But if we got to do it, I mean, uh, Justin Gaethje versus uh, Ferguson would be pretty fun to watch. Obviously, there'd be a lot of blood and some a lot of violence, and so that that could be interesting as well. Uh, so. Uh, other than that, I don't know, man. I'm just disappointed, just like all the fans are. I thought it was happening for sure, no matter what, somewhere in Russia. I mean, I don't know why Ferguson wasn't already over there waiting. So uh, it just, it's just kind of ridiculous. I guess uh, Dana White didn't have any location at all because they didn't have any communication on the logistics. Well, I get Dana's – for if, if the plan
1: was uh, like Dubai, like that area – you kind of understand where he probably talked to the typical people he talks with they're like oh no we're fine we're fine we're fine and those guys have decent amount of tentacles in the government so they're probably saying no no that we could for sure have it no problem no problem and then just those few higher ups that actually can do something sealed it so uh i don't know uh at this point since khabib and tony has fallen out Actually, I want to quick check something for you guys. I know part of the issue with them getting this going on right now was at some point, um, Khabib will will not be fighting because he does not fight or do training camps during Ramadan. And yeah, this year Ramadan is from April 23rd to May 23rd. But I mean, at some point, why not? See one would move one second, we me get memorial. that's
0: a good investigation on your part, so we're well, not going to have quick, that for sure.
1: Well, that's why I want to quick, tip. They were like, oh now see that that'll be way too close because you won't do training camp during it. <laughs> We've been waiting long enough for this fight card. I mean for this particular fight. At some point, just push it off till July. I mean, don't, worry, don't try to get another fight going. Like in the interim. But even that, like, skip April. A lot of uh companies are pushing a lot of stuff to May at the earliest, but let's just say to be safe to end just try to get a card in either end of May or early June, try to get that being a pay-per-view and have the, pay-per-view, the big pay-per-view in July, put Khabib and Tony on there and the other big fights you want on there International Fight Week, or well it used to be International Fight Week, uh, the 4th of July card will actually feel like the 4th of July cards of old. You can have like three title fights on there, it could be a big deal. I know they want to make money and I know Dana has like this thing in him to have to get it done but i don't know at at this point since the big the only reason i was okay with him trying to get this fight card going is because i wanted to see khabib and tony the fact that it's not happening anymore i'm more and more okay with them calling fights for a few more weeks or however long the governing bodies say we should i don't know what's your take on that if since khabib and tony isn't happening would you be okay with them just holding off and waiting on a fight card
0: yeah, I mean, this is a special situation where I don't think we should be messing around. We just need to wait. We're waiting for every other bout, so why not wait for the, basically the greatest bout of all time that we've been robbed of four or five times? So just wait. We'll rendezvous and get it going and over in July and over uh, Fight Week Vegas.
1: Okay, that was a little 249 update. Now quick, jump back to John Jones, just, just for a minute. Um, what a lot of questions going around with people is, and I would I think we've talked about this in the past, where could John Jones possibly be if he wasn't just such a, a self destructive guy? I mean, if he just had half the training ethic of some of the current champions, how good could he really be, do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that he's not even trying, really. And uh, so I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's kind of like same with Mike Tyson, also like similar my brother. John Jones, you know, isn't there yet, but. The way he's going, he looks like he's going to end up uh, next to my brother in a jail cell one day and uh, might kill more people, which sounds crazy, but I mean, he's definitely capable of it. So I just think it's it's a shame, you know, that certain people just can't uh, pull themselves out of the darkness that they've put themselves in or their family, you know, upbringing, put themselves in or whatever has happened the chemistry in their brain i mean it's it just sucks when someone breaks down that bad but this is like it seems like a little self-destruction on the part of uh he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot to face man i mean he's taking a lot of damage he's got cte just like my brother did and it's gonna it's take its toll that's why you know reyes fight was so close next time we'll be even closer so he knows this he, he's almost self-imploding himself so he doesn't have to do these things you know
1: Oh yeah, well he had said I believe publicly going in to uh, After the Gustafson fight, he always Let there be an excuse In case he lost Like, not training as hard, not doing whatever And he just kept winning Even while not doing so much And honestly, I think there was probably only Two fights that he ever like fully all out trained for. I think he did it for the Gustafson rematch, and I think he did for the DC rematch. I think those are the only two fights that he actually like knows the grindstone all-out tried to train for, um, like, smartly, because I think going into the OSP fight, he didn't train the smartest, but he was still super dominant. But, yeah, I mean, like, if he put in half the work ethic and had, like, the focus and family life of, I don't know, someone like Daniel Cormier or someone like that, he would easily be the two-division champ right now, defending both with no one able to touch him. That's just how I feel. He's getting old enough now that at some point uh, the skills and the reflexes are going to start to wane not because of getting so much damage, but just age, man. I mean, he's he's already been in the sport for over a decade, been in the UFC for over a decade, and have, has been the champ for a decade in some capacity. So all that wear and tear is going to start going on him now. So, I don't know. He's got to change up something. Otherwise, he's going to go down a blaze of glory and absolutely not in a good way. Uh, moving on from the John Jones sadness. We're in a COVID corner if you can't tell by tweets and other things i'm a big fan of alliteration just in general Uh, my little tidbit here well the first off is the shelter in place at least in illinois has been extended to april 30th um i don't know what your numbers are at when do they have you guys staying where you're at mike sorry repeat that question uh i'm not sure they they, i think actually think the wordage might be different in different states but uh Basically, the quarantine for us, it's shelter in places, the verbiage they
0: used. Yeah, that's that's what we're told to do. We just literally you could only go for essential stuff. But what's crazy to me, dude, is that a cop could stop you and you tell him you're going to get marijuana and that's an essential stop over here. So it's 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 just a weird time, you know? Oh, absolutely, and
1: there's there's people that are taking it very seriously, which I appreciate. And then you got oh yeah, no people that should. are not in the least bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you definitely should for other people's elders' sake, you know. Oh,
1: yeah, I got into a talk. Uh, for those who don't know, I work with my dad, uh, both garbage men, but it's his company either way. Uh, I Had a long talk about my grandma, who's I've brought up on the show before. She's 91, still living alone, still thriving. She's doing great, but just the nervousness of her being alone and my both my folks getting a little worried about that although it's like she's safer there or maybe living with them where like my dad still goes to work every day and then you're bringing in different types of possibilities of her possibly catching something so i don't know I, it's it's a hard go for uh, everybody uh, my little tidbit i have a uh, one of them is a statement and the other is, is more of a question my first statement is uh just six feet bro just six feet i'm i'm I've never, it, probably not till around Christmas when I get like Christmas tips from customers. I've had so many customers come like incredibly close to me to talk to me <laughs> as right now. Cause none why, of them are, why are they m-
0: getting so close? Dude, no,
1: so many of them aren't working, I guess, and they're bored. So like I'll come and I'll start picking up their trash and they will come out to talk to me. Like, rather than away from a distance, they, like, want interaction. So if they get incredibly close to me, like, almost yeah. too close, especially well within the six feet of social distancing I'm supposed to have. So today, this guy had a pile of trash, decent size. They had been doing some remodeling. He was coming out to apologize. We've been doing this a little bit at a time, but, you know, we had extra time with the, the, the virus coming out and stuff like that, that we had it all done. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. I got it. No problem. He tries to put on gloves. He's going to come help me. I'm like, no, I, trust me. I got it. It's all good. Are you sure? Are you sure? Nope. Yep. Totally fine. So he still kind of lingers for a little bit, starts telling me some more things. And he's probably like three feet like behind me, but still probably too close. And then finally he gets into his car like he's about to go away. And then I get to a pile that's a little bit heavier stuff. And as soon as I start moving over there, he comes back out, starts putting the gloves back on and he's like within like a foot of me. And I'm like, no, I got it. It's okay. It's what I get paid for. <laughs> it's my job. I could do this. And just the constant, like, I, I swear, I, I was talking to a few guys at work. We haven't had people get this close and consistently because every... In a given week, I have like probably half a dozen people talk to me. That That's a normal. Uh, so far this week, I've had at least a dozen. And it's Tuesday. I guess people are bored and they want some type of interaction, but just too close, man. Too close. <laughs> so that's my statement. <laughs> and then I actually have a question. So I don't know the rules, but uh, I got I got an older neighbor across the way. I help her out when I can a few times. I may, may or may not have brought her up before. She needed to get rid of a few things. And I offered to uh, bring them to work for her since... One, she couldn't carry the stuff, and two, uh, the service that she has wouldn't take it. So I go do that. Chief one, she tries to help me, which she's like in her late 70s. That wasn't going to be a good thing, so I just did it. And then she like bakes me like a, a flavored bread uh-huh. and gives it to me, and Jawal drops it off today, which is awesome, yeah. but... How many rules am I breaking if I eat that thing?
0: I know, but it sucks. So the, normally that's a, such a like a thing I really want. I want. Oh, to I know,
1: and she's stuff. she's done it before, so I know it's delicious. I've had uh. like, the same exact one before, so it's like it's it's up on our bookshelf right now. Yeah. Because my wife is the one who was there that got it, and I'm just like I probably shouldn't, especially because she's not hasn't been the best. Not my wife, uh, our neighbor hasn't been the best at social distancing. So, yeah. like, she's getting way too close to a lot of people we could see her, like, through the windows. I'm just like, I want to eat that because that's going to be delicious. But also... <laughs> well,
0: okay, technically, like, if you let it sit for a while and then eat it, maybe it'll be okay.
1: Well, originally they were saying stuff could sit on for three days. I'm like, oh, I could wait three days. but Three days is, is good. Well, yeah, but newer reports are saying, like,
0: 17. I'm like, well, that's not going to be good in 17 days. That's no, fresh baked. No, that's going to be moldy in a week. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> yeah, just, I think people are lonely, man. They have not seen as many people, so they don't want to talk, you know? Oh, absolutely! So, uh, have you been the one that's gone, done the grocery shopping for your house, or almost almost every every almost every time? So have, have you have
1: been, been seeing the crazy people at the grocery store too? Oh
0: yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I bring gloves. I bring my gloves. Uh, oh no, see, I, I, I got I, go. nothing, I got nothing against the
1: gloves, the but gloves, the gloves make complete sense to me. It's people I, using I just, winter gear yeah. <laughs> as face masks. Yeah, not like not, not even it, actually face. It's mask. not a
0: real N95 <laughs> medical mask, bro. I'm not even worth my ti- your time, or my time, or something. So, oh, it's uh, it's yeah. But I definitely try to do it for my, you know, for our women, you know, we or we try to protect them as much as possible. I try not to take the kid as much as possible now. Uh, just try to limit that contact because they're going to touch a lot more things than I. I. I was trained on the ambulance to you know take off my PPE uh, pretty easily and uh. uh a decon, a decon properly. So I do it naturally. So I just, it, it I think, uh, I just have a little bit of skills. Yeah. Honestly, it, it doesn't take a whole
1: lot. I mean, I try to be a little bit over the cost just because I don't know what I'm touching at work, but even that's like it's, wash hands, take off my work clothes, the basics. Well, moving on a little bit from our COVID corner, uh, we're going to move on to Mike's survival tips. So Mike, do you have any tips for us this week?
0: Yeah. I mean, the, so this week, um, I always, barbecue or start fires when I go camping and I know there's tons of ways to start fires and most people you know start their charcoal they use lighter fluid which is absolute garbage you should never do that but uh and you could get a fire starter little cubes and stuff that cost money but that's not, not always around but what normally is is kind of some kind of chips or snacks I usually use Doritos or Flaming Hot Cheetos or Cheetos in general because it's corn uh, made of corn it's, it has petroleum in it naturally so once you light it on fire it's, it burns for a significant amount of time even in a windy condition uh, where you could p- use that as your tinder and put that uh, under your base of your charcoal and get that all lit up and it lights up r- much faster than almost anyone could get their fire going I use it, the, the method all the time I just did it a couple minutes before Bob and I got on the podcast to get my Kamado Joe which is a big ceramic uh, barbecue lit up and uh, you know take about three minutes so uh that's the survival tip for the week and if you want any growing tips you could always hit me up on twitter well not just
1: twitter shoot it
0: shoot it out you just started a new instagram for your growing and stuff right yeah and also and also i started an ig uh mr green thumb three if you want to go there and uh, i put out some nutrients that i use and uh different stories during the day of uh, the garden and other things at the house and you could uh catch me there to get tips and other content
1: well, we have a little special situation for you. I talked about it earlier on. We are going to get into the Ultimate Fighter six finale. Okay, we're going to take a trip back to two thousand and seven, which we did put a put out a a poll about if you were still if you were a fan back during Tough Six, and so far uh, undefeated. Apparently, all of our fans. I've been fans for a long time. We were fans back at the The Ultimate Fighter 6 in 2007. Um that's back when the Ultimate Fighter wasn't just still a thing because obviously they've stopped it in the last year, but it still meant something. The last like Ten seasons didn't really mean something. Uh, the coach, the two coaches were Matt Hughes versus Matt Sarah. They were supposed to fight uh, after the airing show for the welterweight title because Matt Sarah was at the time champion after his, some would say fluke, uh, went over beating GSP. But then he got injured, and then it ended up being uh, Hughes versus GSP for the vacant and GSP tapped him quick. But before we go any further, I want to do a little spoken word. For you guys, to get you in the mood Okay, by all means speed this up or slow it down I'll try to get nice and low for you There is no substitute For the ultimate Is what's in store Bear witness to the fitness Of the modern warrior Boom, another hit is landed Boom, another hit is landed The stealth of a sniper The strength of a viper The training, the challenge The ultimate fighter You're gonna get hit You're going to get knocked out. You're going to feel it. This is the ultimate. Yes, that is the words of the opening song from The Ultimate Fighter for anyone who needs to go down that memory lane. uh, I wasn't going to do it in the same cadence as the guy because I am not a nu metal band. But who knows? Maybe someday. God willing. Um, we're talking about this for a couple reasons. One, there's many mainstays that fought in this season. We're going to get into them uh, that are still fighting to this day. I mean, some run their last legs, but they're still fighting to this day. But we're going to get a little bit further down uh, on the card. And obviously, we talked about it before. And also, you'll know more what's going on. So the first fight of the night, this was back when they had shorter fight cards because nowhere near as many fighters. So that was able to happen. The first fight was Jonathan Goulet, who defeated Paul... Georgie off Georgie F uh, in the first round via armbar uh Goulet was a mainstay uh, at welterweight fighting basically the who's who I mean it was super quick uh, armbar Mike how did you like it I mean to me this seemed very much like they were taking a not really a prospect but like one of the guys on the season that they just kind of wanted to get rid of and they kind of fed him to a much more experienced veteran
0: yeah just that's that's exactly what happened. I mean, Goulet was just far more experienced than almost this entire card. I mean, I, I knew every single person that was set up to win on this, this card. It was just, it, it, Ultimate Fighter finales are really kind of easy for me to see, especially talent-wise. Uh, the gaps are really big, and this is one of them where on every single winner that we're going to talk about, uh, they, they just were far more superior a lot
1: of you may remember uh jonathan goulet he was the one well i guess, I guess that just got broken but was he had the colored hair remember well, yeah, oh yeah he had the colored, colored hair he fought koschek he fought he fought everybody he, he's the one who lost to uh uh bang ludwig in like i think technically on the list it's oh, yeah, seven yeah, yeah. seconds within like yeah it was a couple Cross years ago yeah where before. dana put made the push and was like no we're gonna make it the uh Make it three seconds or four seconds or whatever that because of Joe Rogan's uh, pushing. Um, but Jonathan Goulet was one of the earlier like Canadian hype guys. He always had the, the, the painted hair. Uh, kind of fought the who's who uh, in the UFC before he was bumped out. He had a lot... Hey. John Alessio beat Shoney Carter beat oh, Jay Huron back when that meant something he has yeah. went over Shoney Carter back, back when that meant something Luke Kumo who had a lot of hype coming off uh, the first season of the Ultimate Fighter lost Josh Kaczak Ludwig uh, Jason Day Oh, that's right, he was the one of the ones that got submitted by uh, Justin Hazlitt when everyone got really into Justin Hazlitt on the way up. Okay, yeah, lost to Swick, Marcus David, like basically a little bit of everybody. <laughs> he has a recent, I guess that's not recent, 2010, so he hasn't fought in uh, over a decade. I remember hearing an interview with him believe it was on the parting shot podcast back when uh, James Lynch used to do that I'm pretty sure he was interviewed on that one uh, so whatever moving on sorry we're uh, I'm also going to throw in some odds in here because we actually able to go through the archives and see I'm not sure what the uh, opening odds were but I got closing for you guys um, for that fight did they even have odds no yeah, they do okay uh, here's the go towards our point of that was sacrificial lamb uh, Jonathan Goulet was a minus 350 favorite Versus uh, Paul at the plus 290 um, uh, That's right Next after that was uh, Roman Mitchian He defeated Dorian Price Dorian Price was uh, from the Ultimate Fighter By first round Achilles Lock uh, Roman uh, Mitchian was a training partner Of Carol Parisian, Manny Gamburian He was their training partner uh, That was one of the bigger ways they used to sell UFC fighters on, on the come up and that'll come up uh, later on this fight card is uh, who they trained with especially if they were names you knew or names you could possibly know uh, the closing on that one yeah similar minus 330 for Roman Metichian and first the plus 270 for uh, Dorian Price who I think they built as a Muay Thai fighter this was back when us uh, those judo guys were coming in a major way how would you feel about this fight? I mean, it was a quick uh, submission, one of the few like uh, leg-type locks that you saw in the early goings.
0: Yeah, uh, Dorian Price had submission weakness in a major way. and uh, Manny Gambarian and Roman and uh, a lot of the guys, they were highly skilled in jiu-jitsu and judo and other things. Uh, there's another guy, Carl Parisian. That was another training partner of them. And so Dorian Price had no business in the ring with uh, any of those three guys I just named. And he, with a submission weakness and long, skinny legs, he gave up that leg real fast. I mean, and when you don't know leg locks and the other guy does, you don't play games. You know, you don't want your Achilles or anything getting ripped or, or torn or having your day and month and months ruined, you know.
1: Well, and that's. They, I mean, obviously, this is going to be preaching in the choir because you all remember when Joe Rogan and all of them would go off on this tangent, but locks didn't happen a lot in the UFC because so many guys that trained in the traditional gi uh, wouldn't do it because it could possibly hurt people, so they discouraged you doing it, so nobody was that good at it. So once you got some of the judo players, Sambo players, some of those guys at a higher level that were really good at that, or there's not as many of the uh, catch wrestlers anymore, but those guys would pull that off too. Um, next up was, if I recall, the and there's a lot of finishes on this card, <laughs> Matt Arroyo submitted John Kolaski uh, via the first round armbar. Kolaski came out strong right off the bat, it was actually looking good, landing some clean shots, but once uh, Matt Arroyo started putting it back on him... He was able to get it to the ground fairly right off the way and uh, get the submission. Uh, the the odds for that fight going into it was Mataroyo minus minus three thirty plus two seventy for Kolaski And actually, I mean, Mataroyo lingered for a bit. Like there was there were some guys in here that actually had um, a decent run. Actually, no, I mixed him up with a different guy. Never mind. He lost to Matt Brown after that, and then to Dan Kramer, and then didn't fight again. So the dude hasn't fought in 11 years. Who was I thinking of? Whatever. Way off on... Okay, Roy, okay. The last name got me going. Either way.
0: Um, Mike, Uh, how'd you go for it? He was... uh, Actually, he was really good. He, He was on team... He was part of team Sarah and Longo. Still is and uh he was really really skilled at bjj i know my brother talked really highly of his submission game and, and my my brother talks highly about your submission game you are pretty decorated because he was rolling with barrett yoshida most of the time and um if he says that then you're pretty solid so uh matt was really pretty like i said not only super impressive on the ground he was just impressive of the way he held himself as a professional and uh yeah uh john came in there with some fire and was hitting them but uh, once Matt knew that once he get him to the ground that John had a submission weakness once again, it, like I said, some of these were just so blindly set up uh, to see. You can see it now so easily, you know. It's crazy. Oh, absolutely. There's actually only a few
1: fights on the entire card that have close odds. Like there's really, there's only four of the total yeah, fights my that brother's one. somewhat close. Yeah, dude, that was. I'm honestly again surprised at that fight. We were talking about that a little bit earlier on. And we'll get, we'll for sure get to that. Uh, next up, actually, there's a connection on this next fight that I was unaware of until talking to Mike before we recorded. But uh, Troy uh, Mandalones scored a first round KOTKO over Richie Hightower. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, uh, oh sorry, the odds for that fight were plus one thirty five uh, to for uh, Mandalones and minus one fifty five for Richie Hightower. Jesus, true money. I know Troy looked fantastic. He absolutely did. One thing that just kind of bothered me. This goes back to. Uh, talking about the training partners, I swear that in the f- within the amount of the fight, and this was not a long fight, this like and in the first round, fairly early into the first round, they were able to drop. Pro- I think about six times that uh, Mandolonas has trained with BJ Penn in the past. <laughs> like <laughs> of course. it was, it was just like okay, he chose Kendall Grove, BJ Penn. Then thirty seconds later, well, he trains the BJ Penn. Did I mention he trained with BJ Penn? Like it was, they said BJ Penn's name more than they said Troy's, which is. A disservice because this was yeah. an utter amazing performance and i, I want to hear your uh take on this performance and then obviously your connection to troy because I, I was unaware of
0: that yeah well true troy rude, Bo- rude boy Mandalona's is a uh, good family friend I, I still speak to him uh, almost every day some on facebook in, in some kind of commenting way uh, he's over there with his kids in hawaii he got injured uh, working he fell off a ladder he was like 15 plus feet i think he broke his neck and Fell, broke his arm so badly got compartment syndrome and almost died from the infection and he's been through a lot more than uh, outside the ring than inside the ring it seems but the fight uh, was amazing I mean I knew that he was going to go in there and whoop Richie Tye Towers ass because uh, we were so close to you know uh, Troy and uh, Kendall and my brother and we just knew that they're, they're just certain type of savages that uh, these guys are and you just don't want to be uh, in the ring with them and so I I just uh, can't say enough good things about Troy, Um, like I said, he trained with BJ Penn. He still lives on the island uh, and has a little ranch that he's starting. And so I I just wish him nothing but the best always. And uh, that performance was definitely a a night I wish I could go back and I had more money I would have put everything down on him too. But I had all my money on my brother that night and my brother didn't even want me to bet on him. So uh, Troy went in there and handled business and just uh, laid Richie Hightower out. Well, that, if, for any of you that can go back uh,
1: to fight cards, I think the last pay-per-view, uh, Mike brought up compartment syndrome. That also got brought up on that broadcast talking about uh, what happened to Austin Hubbard. So if you want a comparison of what that looks like, you can look up Austin Hubbard's because uh, I'm not sure that Troy... Publicize what that looks like But if you're curious I do warn you That it will disturb you To your very core So oh, maybe it, don't So maybe don't yeah. look it up
0: he had the, <laughs> he, He's made it public And it was It was a It was a terrible fight And recovery And unreal I mean, he's amazing and so tough and strong mentally and physically still to get through every day because, I mean, we, we get injured, man, and uh, you're never the same anymore. And uh, some people just uh, quit, you know, and I, I just love him so much. I just hope he just keeps strength every single day and just enjoys his family.
1: Another mainstay we've brought up at least one or two earlier, or at that time were mainstays, like uh, Jonathan Goulet. Now we're going to get into some guys that actually stuck around, got some names or st- Technically still fighting in some Capacity Uh, Ben Saunders was up next He scored the unanimous decision over Daniel Barrera uh, he defended well off his back. He did get put there a number of times, but he defended well, not taking a lot of damage. Sliced Brera up with elbows and landed the bigger shots when they were on the feet. Decent, A decent head kick was had. Blocked a little bit by the hand, but it landed flush. And a second one uh, in the next round in the exact same sequence almost happened again. I guess Brera didn't know how to keep his hand up uh, as he came up from the ground. But this was a nice way for Ben Saunders to... Debut uh, Within the UFC And showed exactly why He is more entertaining And this is the early goings of when You can hear Joe Rogan Just overly gushing Over anything Tim Plan Jiu Jitsu Wise, <laughs> which happened a lot uh, With Ben Saunders fighting here Actually, on, what I one thing that I noticed too So I will get your take on Ben Saunders And if you could uh, Your take on this next part I'm going to bring up now Watching this Joe Rogan was, in terms of like technical breakdown and talking about uh, submissions and certain things and just being all out honest, he he really brought it. Like I'm I'm kind of surprised. You get so used to how he is now. Where in he's still, he's like that a little bit and any submission he thinks is super tight even back then but he's very technical with it whereas more and more it's just like the shouting of being excited about something happening <laughs> him, him referencing shout. fights from a decade ago which isn't a bad thing for his, his position but it's not bringing up any fight that happened in the last five to five to ten years but everything ten years and previous. Like and he doesn't know so many of the fighters that are fighting or their. This was back when he actually like he knew the fighters. Yeah. He knew their history. This was when he was in his sweet swap between now and like like 2015, 16. Once you start getting past there with how many fights there were, like you could just tell that he doesn't watch this consistently. So this was this was vintage him and vintage Goldberg. The whole BJ Penn scenario I brought up on the last fight was all Goldberg every five seconds because he knows his his points and oh man, was it in this fight. He kept bringing up, I can't remember if it was in this fight or an earlier one. He kept bringing up octagon control. Since Saunders was defending well off of his back, because then the other guy wasn't ha- wasn't having um, superiority on the ground, so he just kept saying, "It's like, well, then he
0: has octagon control." Like that's not really how that works. <laughs> like, I just loved, he said it like I, six times. I just loved hearing uh, the old school Joe and him uh, talking. They were just it was so much different. It, it actually. It, it gives you chills kind of you know it makes you happy to hear the old uh, just classic voices well and uh, the
1: as, as infuriating as goldie was towards the end and he does some of it here too but it it makes you laugh cuz he was involved in the sport and still is for so long and he still doesn't know so many basic things that just a casual fan knows that it's utterly entertaining. But, I'm sorry, the sidetrack, just because it reminded me of that with a uh, Goldie and Joe talking. But uh, how would you see Ben Saunders performing? And did you know, a good debut, and ha- had a lot of upside at the time. I'm not was, sure if you 100. It was let, the, it was a it
0: was, another it. Fight. it was just another fight. The, the guy who was fighting didn't even have a professional record. Uh, he only lost to Ben Saunders inside the house uh, in the tough uh, exhibition. So. in a unanimous decision so it was exactly kind of the same thing there wasn't much it wasn't much different in the sense of that so it was Ben Saunders doing what he was supposed to do and that was to win that fight luckily he was uh, crafty enough to throw those elbows in the guard and I forgot to give you guys the odds for
1: that one that was Ben Saunders was a minus 235 favorite and Dan Barrera plus 195 which for a little bit you were a little scared because Saunders was on the bottom but honestly surprising like they they favored Saunders a lot in spots that I think if they would happen now they might give to the other fighter which I found a little surprising. One thing I realized I don't have in the notes but it's the perfect time I caught it cuz it happens after this fight so we're still going in order. The next fight was George Satteropoulos versus Billy Miles. This was uh this season had a lot of the guys fighting at 170 but would ultimately ultimately drop to lightweight. Uh, even the winner of this season did so. George Satteropoulos was a jiu-jitsu I wouldn't say Phenom, but everything was geared towards getting into the Jiu-Jitsu game. And it showed here. He got a first-round rear naked choke over uh, Billy Miles and looked good. I mean, ultimately dropped to lightweight. Never, He was always teetering around that top 10 for like the remainder of his UFC career. He was uh, the UFC's first, not first, but like, lighter weight Aussie fighter that could really do something. I had to change my opinion because I was going to say first Aussie fighter, but that's not true. Once you go to more lightweight, then... Uh, then that becomes a little bit more clear but uh it looks good showed why sarah picked him and why he wanted to be with sarah given the jiu background um he's retired um he only had one fight outside of the ufc after getting to the ufc at this point but he went on quite a lost streak uh after the fact he was killing it after this, like this, started his huge win streak, and a quick count it up for you guys: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Went on an eight-fight win streak, including this fight, beating halfway decent names uh, at lightweight, um, and having quite a losing run. First going to Dennis Seaver, then RDA, then Ross Pearson. That was the UFC on uh, FX six. That was the big one down in Australia after the tough smash this season. KJ Noons And then lost to Mike Ricci I'm sorry You're losing to Mike Ricci I mean, That was in Titan But so you lose to Mike Ricci It's time to retire And he did But uh, at the time it looked phenomenal And like we said went, went on quite the run The odds for that one And obviously Why he looks so good He uh, closed at Minus 390 To uh, Billy Miles Plus 320 uh, Before I pass it to you Just the last thing I remember about George Sotteropoulos You don't really see it At welterweight Once the dude drops To lightweight And he becomes leaner He just had The oddest Shaped torso I think I've ever seen. I mean, if you don't look 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 it up, George Satoropoulos from one of his one fifty five fights. I don't, I don't know. It's it's odd looking to me. I don't want to throw too much shade at him, but kind of a little disturbing. So I guess uh, with that weird takeaway, Mike, how'd you feel about the George Satoropoulos versus
0: Billy Miles fight? Well, George Satoropoulos, he he was actually the most decorated, best uh, jiu jitsu practitioner in Team Sarah. My brother. Uh, would talk about this guy's game as like he was god or something dude like it used to piss me off how much he would just uh talk about how well versed he was and just how smooth he was and yada 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 but really he was man i mean like he showed in this fight he was just so smooth once he got you on the ground from a takedown most likely a single leg down he would uh just get you know from side you know uh side control to full mount over or take your back just super smooth And uh, he's just, I can't say enough good things about George Sonoropoulos and his jiu-jitsu. He's also a really, really good guy. Next up is the reason that we are going
1: with Tough Six finale. I mean, granted, we have two fights we're going to talk about after that fact. And we're going to tell you guys what the bonuses were and stuff like that and figure out what we're going to do for next week. But this was one of the, this is uh, Mike's brother's first fight in the UFC, so John War Machine Copenhagen defeated Jared J-Rock Rollins with a TKO in the third round after a spectacular reversal of top position, I, you don't see that very often, and landed heavy shots till the ref called him off. The odds for that fight uh, closed actually with uh, War Machine or John at plus 100 to J-Rock's minus 120, and I mean... I remembered this fight being a lot more one-way traffic. I thought it was just an utter smashing uh, from Mike's brother there. On the rewatch, it was a lot closer than I remember it. There were large sections of the fight where... Not the majority, but large sections of the fight where J-Rock was doing some work, uh, had some control on the top, and was landing some blows, and actually had a few near finishes on his own. This would actually have actually been a tricky fight if it went to the fight, the scorecards with how back-and-forth yeah, that third round was. was oh, so, shit, Oh, yeah. So mike i know you have a lot more interesting takes on this fight than i ever could so by all means take it away on your brother's debut in the ufc
0: oh man i mean it it couldn't have started off any worse the first fucking round dude the first thing i always i told my brother you fucking don't kick you suck at kicking dude like you fucking suck like you don't high kick you don't kick you're not a kicker you don't need to kick every time you throw your kick you get taken down what you do, he throws a little kick, gets taken down right away from J-Rock. I was so fucking pissed off, dude. But then he got back up and reversed him. And it, it just went on. Uh, the first round, he just was controlling J-Rock mostly the, the whole time and had control. I felt like the round one was ours. And then round two was started off kind of the same thing. But then uh, J-Rock turned the tide and uh, kind of took over with some elbows from the bottom that were just... Uh, lethal, man. I, I I never seen anything like it. I, I didn't realize how much they were scoring or uh, damaging my brother, especially from the nosebleed seats that the UFC gave uh, the family members because they're jackasses. Uh, but it was uh, pretty cool, though, because I'm up there and I'm in the nosebleeds and J-Rock's brother-in-law is in the nosebleeds, too, obviously. And we're, like, maybe 30, 40 feet away from each other. And once you realize you're that he's who he is and I'm who I am, uh, and you're cheering. I'm cheering for my brother And my brother's winning the first round And I'm talking shit to him And then J-Rock would start winning the second round And he'd be talking shit to me And I'd be like, fuck dude, I got all that money down I, I put half my rent down Which was about $750 uh, On my brother Because he was a plus like 130 underdog It was definitely not the smartest move uh, J-Rock was a brown belt And uh, j- Jiu Jitsu And also was more decorated in Japan as well For fighting and so I, I didn't even know all that. I just knew I had faith in my brother. But uh, as we, the fight per- just kept going on, and then my brother in the third round he uh, got dropped and uh, went to his butt. I was like, "Holy shit, dude! This 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 might be it, man." I, I don't I don't even know if he's quitting right now, or I know he's tired. They're both tired. But uh, luckily, you know, he, he never quits, and he somehow he got a, a sweep off of a Kimura that Barry Yoshida was famous for. And he swept him and he laid down the punches and elbows from hell and knocked him out. And that's why he was so emotional, uh, too. It was his friend, but I mean, the fight was just unreal. I mean, it took him so long to get to the UFC to get that win at the Palms. A casino. It was just an epic day and night. And then, I I mean, I instantly, once my brother knocked him out, I looked over at J-Rock's brother-in-law and I was like, that's right, bitch. And I got fucking $750 on the family, pussy. And I fucking went. I, I didn't literally, I didn't even watch the, the Guida and Horta uh, live. I ran to go get my money, dude. Well, with that much writing on it, especially that much compared to what
1: you had, that you win, you have to run the window after that—that's. I was 19. I
0: was 19, 20 I, years old Dude, before. if
1: I would made that much money for in one shot at 19, I would have done the same thing. I'd be like, "This is this is awesome. This is what I was here for." Peace. <laughs>
0: dude, it was epic, man. It was it was such a adrenaline rush. Oh man.
1: Um, now to move, it's. I mean, it's hard to move on from that because that's obviously for for Mike and probably for the breakdowns of these fights. That's kind of like the that's the highlight, but we do have two more fights. Uh, the the final fight of. The contestants from the Ultimate Fighter to see who was the Ultimate Fighter for Season 6. Mac Danzig beat Thomas Spear with a first round of rear Naked Choke. He just flattened Spear out, showing his experience and technique uh, over the bigger and more powerful Spear. Because this was one of those times where, if you went to the Ultimate Fighter, you could have a situation where you had. 20 something or more fights going into the ultimate fighter fighting against a guy who had less than half that and didn't face near the competition and just had some raw strength and power this was one of those fights danzig had said that he's gonna for sure drop to 155 after this and then he did and then had a long long career after that at 155 um mike how are you feeling about the mac danzig first thomas spear fight i mean in hindsight it seemed a little ridiculous. actually uh, we had mentioned it earlier but just a quick no i think i give you guys the odds on the war machine uh rollins fight uh for the mac danzig spear fight it was uh danzig was minus minus one fifty five. man that was a gift in hindsight uh, versus uh tommy spear at plus 135 Such man this gift. this is before i was betting so this seeing that
0: now i for watching the show that that was a it, gift of a line there was so much money made on this card bro like i can't tell you how many my brothers friends and family and like Everybody in the in the crew of because we had so much connection between Troy Mandalona's and then uh, Saunders right and then I mean it just went down the list uh, all the way to uh, the basically the beginning of the card so it just we there was people who parlayed it and made bank there was people like I said I had all my money on my brother so I couldn't even spread out the, the funds on people but I mean it, it just it would have been a magical night for a parlay and I just wish I knew how to bet like that but I didn't oh man that. Uh... A lot
1: of people, there at least a lot of people I've talked to, and in my personal experience, my first time betting, and a lot of people's first time betting, is when you go to a live fight that has the options for betting, and you bet, it's, 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 it's kind of overwhelming. Because when you're betting online, man, you take your time, you maybe type in a number, man, that's not looking good, I need to think about that. Am I as confident in that one as I think? What does that parlay look like? Uh, what are the odds for that? Okay, but that's... The,
0: the Mac Danzig, uh, one, negative 155 going back to it, that should have been negative 1,000. Oh, the man. jiu-jitsu uh, difference was, uh, and MMA experience was so far ahead that Mac Danzig was a pretty amazing athlete, and nutritional-wise he was on par, and he didn't drink and he didn't do drugs either. So he, just, he was a great uh, specimen for an athlete at that moment, but then he just uh, disappeared kind of.
1: Well, and actually, kind of had, and actually, somewhat had a, a training camp. I mean, I rewatched. I tried to do my best to refresh because I watched this season way back when. But to, I didn't. Really, I hate to break it to you guys. I didn't want to rewatch the entire season, so I, I watched a lot of the middle stuff. That they uh, the little pre-fight packages they do for each fight, and they're showing Thomas Spear talking about how to get in shape for this fight. He doesn't really have a training camp, but he's running with a tire tied to him he's flipping a tractor tire and he's hitting the tire with a sledgehammer and then That's like, so funny and it's like, like just the, and, that, and that was it like that was like there wasn't like oh i found this like, great arms, guy to train with strength if. is
0: gonna exactly. be exactly uh,
1: matt hughes and so, and that's why he was on matt uh he was gonna be on I can't remember if he was going to be or he wasn't Matt Hughes' team because of that but because they found that connection but <laughs> it's like that's not a thing man <laughs> um, and yeah then like we talked about like mac danzig he's was in the ufc for like his last he was last ufc fight was uh, in 2013 so he was in the ufc for seven years then he took a break decently long break and then 2017 he fought once for cfl and got a win and then he actually apparently had a fight scheduled in 2018 that never actually happened i mean i know i know he retired um at that point. I mean, he, but he fought for such a long time in the UFC. Like it's impressive, but it's uh, okay. So then the main event of said fight card was Roger Huerta, who at the time was the UFC darling, who had the model looks and seemed to have the skill backing it up. He was getting beaten from pillar to post by Guida. Like Guida was taking him down at will to eating some shots, but really going for it. And then in the third round, even at the point when Clay Guida was going for a takedown, uh, Huerta lands some hammer fists down to the side and is able to scramble to a position and rear naked chokes Clay Guida, who like as soon as it's locked on, not long after that, just starts tapping. And you're just utterly shocked and it's just fed into the Roger Huerta myth that kept going, Mr. Uh, ESPN cover, who eventually faltered in a major way. Mike, how, re- how were you for this main event? Of the tough finale
0: yeah i was this is when you started to realize that clay guida was a little monster a little tasmanian devil that just comes in there with a bunch of heat but uh you know thank god horta you know weathered the storm and it was able to you know just use his experience and size he was much bigger uh on uh guida and just uh you know flatten him out finish him so uh it, it was just it was a great fight like i said i was so amped up on my brother's win and everything that i, I really i did not i there nothing mattered in the world. The fight was so good man and the the finish the crowd the it it peaked at that moment that my brother won that fight. I mean, you could hear the whole crowd just chanting so i i mean it was it was a great moment by Horta, but like i said my my brother won that the whole night quickly just because I realized I forgot to put down the odds
1: for that. Usually I'm right on top of this, but this is one of those times I didn't know I was going to be able to find the archive of it. So I have the archive on a screen when normally I have it written down in the notes right on the same page. But uh, the Kliguita was a minus 115 favorite at close uh, to Roger Heritage's minus 105. But honestly, with how the fight was playing out, Kliguita almost deserved to be a bigger favorite in there. Uh, The bonuses for that night being a fight night were 30K. There were two fights of the night, uh, Guida Huerta, um, Copenhaver-Rollins, Mike likes to hear that, and then KO of the night was also for Copenhaver, and then submission of the night was Matt Arroyo, uh, although I don't know, I'm not sure if surprise, I, I think the Danzig submission was better, but I guess I don't know, they, they don't always go for your naked chokes if there's other options for whatever reason. How'd you feel about those bonuses? I remember you telling me how crazy that was for your brother that night.
0: Oh man, it was it was real dude. I mean, my brother is... Was pay was eight thousand to show and eight thousand to win, so I mean he he was looking at sixteen thousand if he managed to beat J Rock that night. So when they came in the back and they gave him a uh, sixty seventy six thousand uh, dollars check, he was he was so stoked, man. He he was on top of the world at that moment. And he realized like that he made it to the big time, but he also realized that he made it to the big time and that uh, there was going to be some consequences to pay at some point.
1: Now, currently, that is it for our show. But we are going to do a quick discussion here to figure out what to do in the future. Um, What are you thinking, Mike, for the next show? Do you want to do another breakdown of a fight card? Um, Maybe with some news and notes filtered in around there. Is there a particular one that's jumping out to you? Or we could leave that
0: up to a vote in a poll or Uh, a number of things. let's, Let's... Let's go back to the, the, the first Ultimate Fighter tournament. So uh, do
1: you mean UFC 1 or do you yeah. mean tough one? UFC 1? UFC 1, yes. I think it'd be, it's just
0: fun to see the, the, the everything, you know?
1: Oh, I gotcha. So you heard that here. We're going back to the absolute beginning. Freely admitting I was not there for the absolute beginning, but have seen the first one after the fact. We're going back to UFC 1 for next week and if you guys are liking these type of shows where we cover an entire fight card from the past let us know on any possible conceivable way of contacting uh, if you like it, if not, or suggestions you may have. Please don't forget to rate and review and subscribe to the podcast on all your platforms. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, basically you name it. We have a YouTube channel along with bites that are little short, easily digestible versions of this show, of the segments, of the breakdowns basically every little thing if you're not willing to sit down and listen to a whole show we got you there and by all means comment on there to let us know if you'd like the direction of it or if you absolutely do not agree in the least bit what i'm saying please show your dissension i want to hear it um so we will be here next week for ufc one going back to the beginning
0: mike do you have anything to say to the people before we sign out for this week I uh, we just hope that all you guys and your family stay safe uh, enjoy enjoy yourselves man i mean get some charcoal go get this, some steak Get some good uh, lot, some good salt and uh, pepper, and just throw it on the grill. And just have some fun, man. Obviously, stay in, stay safe, social
1: distance, say six feet away, wash your hands—all those magical things that you have heard a million times and you're tired of hearing. And even as I said them, they sound like nails on a chalkboard to you. But you know what? We're going to be back here next week for UFC one, and with that, let's roll.